Spoiler alert. Slash Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. Hello. You've reached Horror Town Video. After hours. For store hours, please press 1. For the horror movie recommendation of the week, please press 2. For the slash word of the night, please press 3. For all other recommendations, you've selected the slash word of the night. Tonight's slash word is... That. Good. Are you? What are you waiting for, Danny? What are you waiting for? Uh, I'm still waiting. What are we? What are you waiting for? Well, what? What are you waiting for? Huh? Um, I'm still waiting. Are you still waiting? Still, I am still waiting. I'm still waiting for this to get old. Oh wait, it already did. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Slash's Paradise, everybody. That's Danny, and I am Lance. I still know what you did last summer, and Danny is showing off his beautiful Hawaiian shirt. I still know what you did last summer, Lance, and I am dressed the part. I think if you feel good, you play good, as they say, and motivated people motivate people. And I would just like to say we're in the Slasher's Paradise, and um, it's time to get that island feel. Not going to do that accent. Uh, it's time to get that island feel and head into this wonderful movie known as I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> it's it's story time with Lance Knight, baby. Uh, you just reminded me of one of the, I think the first time that we worked together, there was a, there was a picture I took of you. We were eating lunch somewhere. Uh, it was probably like Panda Express or something, but I was sitting at a you different know it table. Was. And I took a picture of you and you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt because I think you guys created like Hawaiian night or something that night. And um, you were like writing a list or something. And it was like, what? And I made this whole thing about it. You're wearing your Hawaiian shirt. And I, it, I just put like snowflakes coming down. I was like, what I want for Christmas. And it's funny I because do- your style and you wearing Hawaiian shirts is what helped me create Slasher's Paradise. It's your style. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's literally that image of you with the glasses, the backwards hat, the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, yeah. Eating panda and making a list. <laughs> that is where it all came from. Yeah. I don't know who I'm looking around for because I'm definitely <laughs> by myself, but holy crap, Lance, you waited yeah. until I still know what you did last summer to drop one of the most heartfelt nuggets on me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like taken aback, man. Danny's getting emotional. <laughs> yeah. What else is new? <laughs> Dude, okay. holy moly. Okay, so I still know what you did last summer. Let's see. A slasher in a paradise. It's almost like this movie was made for us, but doesn't quite deliver as we travel from the harbors of maybe North Carolina to the Bahamas for a slasher revenge story. Uh, just a, a, just a good old fashioned right off the bat 
let's bring back as many of our original cast members that we can via survival one <laughs> and uh two they would agree to do the movie just like you said lance a good old-fashioned revenge film and i honestly do not think that especially in the slasher genre things need to be um given too much thought don't overthink them i'm just serious i think if you keep it stupid simple keep it simple stupid you will deliver it's fun it's exciting you got all the pieces together let's see if we can strike gold again or hit another home run to go back to back and i guess we'll learn in the breakdown how they did um but yeah right off the bat i do not know if this movie is going to Stand the test of time. Stand the test of time. Oh wait, it actually didn't. Yes, it didn't deliver. But all the pieces were nice. Yeah, uh, I will say right off the bat, uh, I I don't hate the movie. There's a lot of great pieces to this. The setting throws you off immediately, um, but we're gonna get to that. We've got a lot of business to take care of here in Slash's Paradise. If you listened to the business. show before. Uh, we do have a couple chunks of business about this episode, but we gotta we gotta tell everyone uh, watching and listening that we just come out with a video. It's our first ever dead trailer react video. Danny joined me for that one. I'll do plenty more, and who knows uh, if I have somebody else on there or not. But Danny and I did one for the Exorcist Believer. People seem to enjoy that. Um, so go watch that if you haven't seen it already check us out on there uh, good little breakdown of the trailer that was a lot of fun um, looks interesting pretty yes uh pretty interesting. right 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 just uh exactly man i do am so thankful that we were able to do that so much fun uh i had a great time obviously covering a trailer of a franchise a return to a franchise that i mean if halloween is number one this one is running right parallel to it as far as like ones that are so dear to me so right, it was right. an honor to do that and talk about it and yes lots of fun uh if i could this has been bugging me a little bit um i may have jumped the gun on uh talking about what the third installment is it is a trilogy uh and i think i was just kind of projecting out into the ether hoping that the third one uh had already had a, a name to it uh so filmmakers if you're listening <laughs> um i have given you the keys to the cadillac so go ahead and just call it the exorcist redeemer and do yourself a favor and make me look like a prophet <laughs> perfect <laughs> perfect and danny we trust uh also we have a blog so head to deadcandy.com check out the blog we'll have a few new posts uh i'm working on a few danny's working on a few we've got some other writers in there joining soon so please check that out as far as this episode goes let's get into it we have as you already heard you have the slash word of the night danny tell them how slash word works really quick thank you yes slash word Four Slasher's Paradise is a very fun game. It is the Slasher's Paradise take on the very popular game, Pathword, where when you, the listener, hear the slash word said throughout the episode, have fun, enjoy, and take a drink. It is a drinking game, so go ahead and get your beverage, favorite beverage of choice. It could be alcoholic or not. It doesn't uh, have to be alcoholic, but sometimes when uh, the movie is I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, you might want some alcohol on the drink. So that is Slash Word. Play along, have fun, and cheers.
Yes, and the word has already been played. We don't know what it is. Uh, speaking of drinks of the alcoholic persuasion uh, on this episode, of course, we have our pina colada, which is Danny's breakdown of the film. A quick synopsis is only Danny can tell it. So, Danny, go ahead with your pina colada. Pina colada four. I still know what you did last summer. Revenge. The fisherman is back. And so is Julie. And so is Ray. And now a few other characters were introduced who have now think it's time to move on with their lives and maybe wrestle with the past in the best way possible. A lovely resort. But as we all know, anytime you want to put the past away, the past is not at rest, as Randy said. <laughs> and Lord and behold, it is time once again for the fisherman to exact his revenge. Will Julian Ray survive this time? Will anybody else survive? Have we even survived this movie up until now? We'll find out. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, quick breakdown of the movie. The movie was released on November 13th, 1998 one year after the original uh the budget was 24 million dollars the box office was 40 million quite a huge drop off from our box office last year that's a major drop off actually um movie is written by trey calloway kevin williamson is gone he is way too busy for this film unfortunately uh did not want to take part in this one so we're out. <laughs> uh, the film stars yet again Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Danny's excited. Sorry, about that, I, I was just I was basking <laughs> in the Jennifer Love Hewitt glory because yes, oh yeah, we established she is and always will be a crush. Yeah, please listen to our last episode and hear us go on and on about that. Uh, joining us for this film, this sequel, Mackay Pfeiffer, Brandy debuting. Brandy, the music star. <laughs> uh, Matthew Settle, uh, Muse Watson is back. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, John Hawks, who I just wanted to mention because I like him a lot, even though he's only oh. in the film for like two or three minutes. But and he rocks. Uh, and, that guy is awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bill Cobbs and Jennifer Esposito, who was a big thing back then, apparently. So uh we'll get we'll get into that her character breakdown by the way the first fun fact of the night and if you want to add uh more to the drinking game every time i announce a, a fun fact you can drink um apparently the character breakdown was nan for nancy was looks just like esposito <laughs> like <laughs> like it was her role no matter what so that's uh that's the first fun fact of the night Hey man, you know, being an actor sometimes they're like, oh, you know, I would, I think he would really be perfect for this role. And then you're like, okay, so what are you kind of looking for? Ah, uh, you know, in this role, we're just kind of looking for somebody who's a little, you know, meat on the bones, has a beard, his name Danny Gonzalez. You know, just, just we'll play with it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer had this role from the beginning. So, uh, great, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, so, congratulations. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I actually love them. We're not going to break down every scene, of course, but uh, I do love the way that this movie starts off in a church, the dark scene, and Jennifer Love Hewitt's walking down. And, you know, there's Julie, obviously. Um, I, I think anything filmed in a church is obviously going to bring a lot to it. 
especially if you like the church a certain way. I mean, we just watched the exorcist trailer. We did a whole thing on that and we talked about mm-hmm. that already, but mm-hmm. um, if you film a church appropriately and you know what, it's sometimes it's the Epic church. Like we have in this film, I still know what you did last summer. And then sometimes it's those small world churches that can kind of get you as well. Uh, the small town churches, I think are a little, there's a little creep factor to those sometimes as oh, well. Yeah. Uh so we started off in that and I was like, okay, what is this movie? I remember watching this going like, okay, okay. You're like still capturing like the look of it, the blue, you know, look of everything. Got some candle lights. Um, kind of digging that, you know, Julie goes to the confessional. And I'm so in dude. Like I'm in I mean, this movie. I mean, for real though, like well done, sir. Thank you for setting a, a beautiful table for us. Um, and I do think that that was intentional. They said uh, it, for all the for all the shit that this movie did not do well, uh, one of the things that they did pretty well was definitely let you know that uh, they're at least going to try and make a new movie ish. So as soon as uh, the confessional scene is over, bright lights, you know, a lot of like vibrant colors, um, not really a a fishing town environment obviously julie is away at college and we do get eventually a shot of ray in the old town and stuff but besides that it then it it feels very sunny is that weird is that is that okay to say it just felt like very ah and i get it you're going to the island and it's going to be a resort and you know you're getting you're escaping your you know fears and and wasting away in margaritaville whatever you know what i see is right away right away it doesn't feel like a dreary fish town yeah and that's the big thing that's kind of missing uh right off the bat and again you set us up with such a great mood and then you go and crash out in the the college area and we're like okay you're right it's very sunny it's very screen too but there's just no threat yet because we don't nothing's been set up yet all we know is that julie julie's got trauma so okay i guess let's let's go ahead and just Let's set our own, you know, table within the the movie. And we're going to start off with a nice course of trauma. And, you know, we just, we really didn't want to learn our lesson, even though I just praised this film for trying to be different. It really didn't want to <laughs> learn its lesson about being compared to Scream so much. Heck, Kevin Williamson's not involved. I mean, his character, not his characters, but... You know, the first film is he made that sure, wrote that sure. But you did not have to go straight into Scream 2 and by and large, right off the bat is our favorite thing to say. Right off the bat, give me a broke man's Jerry O'Connell as well. We have a boyfriend interest at college that is basically Jerry O'Connell in Scream 2. It's like, I'm not even going to try anymore. Well, I I think Kevin Williamson did have an idea for this film, and it was Julie and Ray go to college, basically. So it's just kind of in the air, I guess. It's just what he's writing at that moment. Uh, uh, he was so busy again with uh, – he had just done Scream 2. Dawson's Creek was huge at this time. Uh, I think he got uh, – he took on another huge project at this time. It wasn't even a horror film. The but, faculty. Uh, the faculty he did uh and and yet another project on top of that so he is just everywhere yeah yeah um so wasn't able to do this but that was his idea that this was going to be a college uh horror film college slasher revenge story which is totally fine um like we said we end up in the bahamas (laughs) 
and ah, man, so much is done well in in the Bahamas. Once we're there, I do believe. Um, if it was done in a fisher town, if it was done in a quiet town, which relates to so many more people than the Bahamas do, I'm sorry. Um, this movie might have been a lot better than what we got. I don't hate the film, and we're going to get back to that because we're going to probably end up debating that part. But uh, yeah, so Julie's in college. Ray is still working Fishtown. Uh, I guess he's he's still home, right? I mean, yeah, he's still back home, and he has definitely gone headfirst into becoming a fisherman and staying as a fisherman uh, apparently it puts foot on food on the table it's a way of life it's and we're introduced to his i guess shipmate boatmate you know first mate uh john dave. hawks uh right yeah played by john hawks yeah dave right and some people do say lance that this is a prequel to a perfect storm so <laughs> nobody says that can um we, can we just go ahead and, i no, i do <laughs> i was gonna say that absolutely that's why he's on my notes i love this man so much and i love that character from a perfect storm so yes uh, he's just an older version of himself in this movie i wish it was nighttime so i could say good night irene oh <laughs> he's so sweet the perfect storm uh, man uh definitely a terrifying movie we'll get into we that talk about maybe that instead <laughs> I'm down. I could, I could, oh, I could get into it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. No. Uh, what I do want to say is my timer, my internal timer, my Danny is maybe still got a thing for Jennifer Love Hewitt timer. Again, apologies to my beautiful wife. But two minutes in, we get the Jennifer Love Hewitt eye squint. Two minutes into the film, she does it. I mean, it's it's perfect. It's a it's a side close up, and you know she's profile. She's talking to the priest in the confessional, and it's just and it's there. And I'm doing it right now for for those of you listening. And I hope that it's reading through the microphone. And if it's not, <laughs> you, you you just got to be there. But it's it's so her and hers alone. Nev has a little bit of situation. Yes, we're not done making scream comparisons, but what I will say about uh, getting back to Ray is um, I'm going to leave the fun facts up to you, and I hope you do hit one about uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and how he yeah. feel, uh, feels about this film, but I want to talk solely about the fact that uh, since you, when you're dealing with a sequel, you can take less time introducing certain things or getting to the action so to speak right mm -hmm. those of you who those of uh, us who are watching the sequel a filmmaker should presu is presuming that you have seen the original right so you could take less time getting to like an attack or a murder or you could even start off with it right so what i want to say though and god bless freddie prince jr as a man and as a person but there is a scene in here where he gets out of a truck that is conveniently uh, he gets out of his truck. He's driving with John Hawks. He's driving with Dave rather. So Ray's driving with Dave gets out of the truck because there is a car that is conveniently just in the road and blah, blah, blah. This happens that Dave's dead. Big whoop. I'm so sorry. He's gone. And Ray starts getting chased by what is presumed to be the killer 
but is just somebody who gets in his truck, his own truck, and chases him down after killing Dave. And I swear, Lance, I think at this point, maybe he was looking into the future and he was auditioning to be Shaggy instead of Fred in Scooby-Doo because he's running away from this truck. (laughs) They're flailing all over the place. (laughs) I have never seen. I'm sorry, Freddie. You're the man. I know you're a wrestling fan and 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 you and you're awesome and I and I appreciate you man, but oh my god, that took me way out. I could not take it cuz he's he's running all over the place. It's comical, folks. I promise with all it all that I have and all that I know about horror films, Lance is literally going to bite his finger off because he cannot take what I'm doing right now, but it is so true. It is one of the most comical chase scenes you will ever see. That's all. Can you, can you just do the voice again? <laughs> you just did. Oh, the truck and it's about to get me. <laughs> Why? Why was that the choice right now, Danny? <laughs> I don't know, man. Don't yeah, know. We're, we're drinking. Um, no, I, did, I didn't capture that. I don't know. That didn't... Uh, come across to me that didn't bother me at all (laughs) uh Uh, well when you go back and uh, watch it you'll see what i mean i am gonna go back and watch it just for that i just want to hear that (laughs) i'm actually gonna play your audio over that scene now uh yeah maybe i'll post that later too (laughs) i think i just gave you that i just gave you a video to post yeah yeah thank you thank you danny uh uh what what i'll say about ray and julie right right off the bat why is that why is that our thing tonight i don't understand why i don't know i don't know but maybe we should get a bat should we get a bat right off the hook uh julie and ray i I feel like as actors um jennifer love hewitt and freddie prince jr seem to have a lot more confidence in themselves uh the way that Jennifer Love Hewitt, Julie carries herself, she's got more of a confidence. She's got quite a different glow to her. Um, I th- understand that that's there's a point to that. It's supposed to be that way. But even later in the film, when things are starting to kind of fall apart, uh, she just has a different glow about her. She's very confident showing off her body by this point. Uh, what a difference, I guess, a year or two makes uh, in somebody's career. But um, I don't know. I, I buy into them a little bit more in this film to start off, especially Freddie Prince Jr., who I think kind of struggled in the first one with his. What? What are you talking about? Where did what? it go? What? I, uh, I have what a nose, and it's all my faith. <laughs> he doesn't have a lisp. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> You're doing Shelly right now. <laughs> <laughs> he just point. went into Shelly. <laughs> to your point. To your point. There's that's a real thing. It's a real thing. When an actor can get into a second take, so to speak, right? They have a second go at it. Maybe they're a little bit more used to the ins and outs of what, like, a movie set and filmmaking and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I totally can see it in Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, She definitely is going to start to set herself on a different path. This is probably going to be, and if you were going to mention this, this is definitely um, her last 
horror film. Uh, she did not want to be typecast and uh, go the uh, Jen- J- Jamie Lee Curtis route, right. uh, who eventually did jump out of horror movies, get very well known, and then eventually come back and mm. um, you know won an Oscar. So I guess that's not so bad. But to to this point, it's obvious that Jennifer Love Hewitt is ready to take that next step, and um, you know she. You know, she did great. You know, she started doing some stuff after this. We're obviously outside of the horror movie realm and genre. Uh, we know that she could obviously knock this out of the park. She knows that she can do that as well. She can play an excellent final girl uh, and she's just ready to move on. Um, but as far as acting beginners, intermediates and advanced are considered, this is you mentioned it starring or at least co-starring brandy in her film debut what is up with very at least well-known stars or or much appreciated actors of this generation that generation getting their start in horror movies we have seen this trend before you know josh hartnett johnny depp the list goes on obviously and brandy Brand new is red. Brandy new. Brandy new. Uh, like Brandy new. Uh, shows off her acting capabilities. A phenomenally trained actor. A obviously you know, a wonderful singer. Just overall amazing performer. Um, as we, we would you know later go on to see. So I am not like a. I'm gonna sit sit here and tell everyone that I'm a huge Brandy fan, but I do can. <laughs> I can recognize Brandy's work. Um, so, yeah, kudos to uh, Brandy for uh, for this film, for starting it off, starting it off in the horror movie genre, which is great, uh, always cool. Great way to uh, lead into the fun fact about Brandy in this. Uh, she actually won this role. Um, the cast was for a white girl. And Brandy did so amazing in her audition that they said, no, we, we need her. We want her 100%. So uh, she changed that. Um, who knows what else that led to? So uh, that's awesome. Uh, and she did great. Like, she is very likable. Yeah, um, I'd say so. There's a, there's a theme to this movie. There's, like, an underlining theme. Like, you caught the, the father thing in the first one. Like, everyone has a weird, like, relationship with their, their parents or their dad. Um, there seems to be something about like going with your gut in this one and like, maybe don't always listen to your friend, always go with your gut first. <laughs> and Brandy gives some bad advice later, you know, in this, uh, her, her boyfriend who I know you're about to go off on, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer's character, uh, who Danny is just infatuated with, um, ah. Tyrell, Tyrell, um, he gives a lot of bad advice. He has one motivation in this film. Uh, and that is to have sex. I mean, that is just it. When we make good love, somebody back and knocking the boots. He definitely wants to knock the boots, Brandy's boots, more specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what he wants to do. Hey, that's all. You know that's what? all he wants to do. Okay, I'm not going to talk a bunch of shit about a guy who's in college and is with his girlfriend and they're having a romantic getaway. Nobody gets these. I sure as hell didn't get these opportunities for like a full getaway. I know how I was when we Mm. went to spring break in South Padre Island and that will remain a secret. We will not be talking about those days, but what we will talk about is that I get it. 
yeah. it's it's fine to be what you are sometimes now looking at it through modern lenses it, some of that behavior definitely does not age well it is very aggressive it is almost i just i i don't enjoy particularly when a male character in a movie is trying to make a point and is trying to explain to you know who, how he feels is a dumb girl and you better listen to me because now i'm going to start screaming so you know it's the truth okay it just feels icky to me so like he did a lot of that in the movie it was just like yo shut the door julie you better listen to me because this, this, and i'm telling you the truth and i'm screaming now so it just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way now looking at it is that is that fair to say yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you kind of mentioned this to me how much you did not care for him. And I looked at him as a whole and I went like, eh, there's nothing too terrible. But you're I know exactly what you're talking about uh, when he does start kind of yelling at Julie as if he knows it all. And um, just kind of puts Julie in this like corner of like, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I've gone through it. So maybe shut up. But um, but it's also it's the same thing I didn't like about Barry Ryan Phillippe in the original hell he puts his hands on julie at one point yeah, so both characters out. yeah both characters at least continue that stupid uh pattern and that uh and or tra whatever tradition uh they continue that as being like this like overly aggressive male character that uh is just like very very masculine and in the sense just kind of uh the a victim of their own stupidity in the end of it mm -hmm. so uh yeah makai fiver played the character the best way he knew how overall just really kind of aggressive behavior but you know he's playing the character so that's all i'll say yeah um we got to set up the story a little bit uh so julie and uh what is, what is brandy's name in this carla oh i yeah yeah yeah, yeah carla. carla um good friends roommates in college um makai pfeiffer's character uh, tyrell tyrell martin um, mm -hmm. is obviously uh, Brandy's boyfriend. Um, and then we have another character named Will. And that's all I'm going to call him right now because we got him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get good, back to good. We'll get back to yeah, Will's we'll, name. We'll call Will Brokeman's Jerry O'Connell right now, which yeah. is hilarious when you think about it. Um, so that's the our core group. Ray is on the outside back home. Um, and so... <laughs> So, okay, we get the phone call. Oh, we get no. Oh, no. You got to. Oh, you were going to go there? I was just going to say, if we're if we're going to be mentioning amazing casts, cast members in this movie. Oh, uh, we're going to wait. We'll go, wait, wait, wait. We, we, we got to get, yeah, get there. We got to. We got to get there. We got to get there. That's B cast. And uh, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's going to be awesome, folks. All right. Yeah. So we get the phone call. We get the phone call from the radio station. Um, and so uh, Carla answers that, right? So it's the radio stations answering or calling and who calls what radio station calls for, uh, trivia. I've never been called for that. I mean, right from the beginning, you have a situation where red flag. No radio station ever calls you to give tickets no. away. No. Lance, Ed, did you ever did you ever call into the radio station and request a song? Uh, yeah, I did a long time ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, man. This is the weirdest thing. I used to do it. We all used to do it. It was this uh, B one B one o four, and it was the one that would play like you know all the all the songs that we were all listening to anyway. And that's what you would call, yeah, on the midnight hour. It's B one o four. We're playing the hits, right? And that's where you make the. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd like to uh, make a request. All right, well, who is this? Ah, oh, no, it's um, it's just coming from Secret Admirer. And as you send a shout out to your girls, you're like, all right, this is going out to Caitlin from your secret admirer. This is Usher my way because your secret admirer is doing it his way or whatever. And I, I loved calling to the radio station to request songs, but I would never get through. The point I'm trying to make here <laughs> is that it's not easy to just call and talk to a radio DJ. Maybe it's easier no. nowadays. It just is, wasn't easy. It sure as hell wasn't easy back then. I can I can tell you from experience, uh, from my parents' experience, actually, uh, we lived at this really cool house for most of my childhood. And for some reason, my mom had a direct line to the radio station and won like every freaking contest ever. Concert tickets... Okay, that's the low end of what we got. We got amusement park tickets, uh, a trip to Hawaii. What? Four hotel, everything included, food, all. And that. it was real. A uh, trip for two to Paris for an entire week, all paid for. Yeah, tours, everything was paid for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We moved. You're kidding, and dude. My mom you never ever won kidding. another competition or a contest on the radio station. So yeah, uh, cheers to Carol out there. Um, Let's go, Mama Knight. That's yeah, how that's you right. do it. That rocks, yeah. dude. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. You went to uh, Paris so. and you went to Hawaii? I did not. Because? My parents well, I went to Hawaii, but my parents took the uh the Paris trip because it was for two. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Uh anyway, nobody call no radio station will call you ever for a contest. That was never a thing. Uh new age kids, that was not a thing. I know we're um educating a lot of the time here, so that was never a thing. But uh they get the call. And they are asked to answer a question <clears throat> to win a trip to the Bahamas for four. Danny, what was the question? If you can tell me what the capital of Brazil is, you win a trip for four to the Bahamas. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Do you have a guess? Yeah. Is it Rio de Janeiro? It is not. <laughs> not. It is. It was not the answer. It was. Oh, it was 1960 till 1960. Yeah, that was a kind of a weird. Like, of all the trivia that they could have used for this film, I was like, really? Like, it kind of was the answer at one time, but the capital oh. did change. Right. Right. So it's like when people say, "What's the capital of Louisiana? Is it New Orleans or New Orleans?" It's kind of like that, but not, no. Oh, it's Baton Rouge, right? Okay. <laughs> no, that's my favorite joke to do. I love doing that joke. It's my favorite because because you hear somebody and they're like, oh, it's New Orleans. Ah, I thought it was Baton Rouge. You stupid geography yeah. major. <laughs> Just don't call it yes. NOLA, whatever you do. Um, <clears throat> I won't. I promise. <laughs> so, Yeah. A little fishy if there was anybody who was at least a little savvy to what the actual capital was they would have been like all right this is already 
bullshit. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that on the account that it's bullshit, right? Right. So if anyone knew anything about the capital of Brazil and you're watching this movie, <laughs> already you're like, um, okay, but this isn't true. I guess I'll just keep watching. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're now in a killer's plot already. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. Folded. Yeah. Uncovered. So much for the guise of secrecy. But yeah. Um, enough though to go over a lot of people's heads. So yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Okay. So that sets us up, right? So we've got four tickets and we know three of our characters are going for sure. Uh, of course, Carla, who won the tickets. She's going to invite her her boyfriend. She's going to invite Julie after all. And Julie gets to invite the fourth. And the fourth is the first choice was Ray. And Ray, unfortunately, hit some traffic on the way there and is not going to be there. For, again, he said no. And then he was driving to surprise her and caught some traffic. Uh, <laughs> enter Will, uh, the new... Jerry O'Connell, and I guess uh, he'd be kind of Johnny Galecki from the first one because he's got a little crush on Julie, obviously. Well, he's got a hella crush on Julie, that's for sure. Um, it's not that hard, if you are Will, to go ahead and just swoop in and take Julie. Because let me just say something, okay? Please. I am going to talk a bunch of shit about Ray. <laughs> not not Freddie Prince Jr., Ray. What in the world is your problem? You have got the tickets to the big show. Dave, God rest, has to <laughs> convince you to wake up, leave these bullshit fish in this boat for a hot second, and go enjoy a time in paradise with your smoke show of a girlfriend who's Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay, Julie. But everyone else in this movie has eyes, I presume. They can see what the heck is going on. I just don't understand, Ray. You tried so hard from the original to get into the good graces of Julie. You guys are... Hell, the last time we heard you all before this movie started, Julie was talking about you thrashing her and, and doing all sorts of things. So, like, we were all left in a, in a yeah. very envious situation as uh, it pertains to Ray and Julie. So what ends up happening? I just can't leave these fish. They're they're it's it, it's it's the beginning of the season. Shut the hell up. Shut up. Why is he yeah. why are you making him Shelly? I just want to know right now why is he becoming Shelly throughout right, this Lance. episode? Lance, you know two things about me. One, I'm not gonna talk about your shit. And two <laughs> I can do some pretty good voices. This is Shelly. Oh, they all went skinny dipping, and I'm not that skinny. This is Ray. What? Oh, shit, they do sound, sound kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Okay, okay, okay. All that aside, I think you get my point here, Lance. That yeah. is bullshit. Wake up, son. Wake up. Yeah. You it, have it's the ridiculous ticket. Like not only that, but he's making up an excuse not to go. He's literally saying, oh, we got a big run to go. And Dave's like, the fuck are you talking about? We don't have a run. We're not doing anything. Like, go get your girl. What is wrong with you? And Ray's like, oh, 
this is how serious I'm taking. And he busts out his one carat ring. <laughs> uh, Damn, called out. Hey, he's a fisherman. He's got a humble. He's got a humble incoming. Or a yeah, carrot yeah, uh, is in- pretty good. I'm just saying, a carrot is a pretty good ring. Carrot, a full carrot. It shows you how little I know about jewelry because I just am paying attention to infomercials where they are like, and this commemorative 24 karat gold. So I was always assuming that the higher the number. But when it comes to a diamond, a diamond ring is like a 0.7 is pretty good. A 0.8, a 0.9. One carat is going to be more expensive for a diamond. I'm going to turn this back around. When the hell did you become uncut gems over there and have all this like knowledge of, I don't know. Okay, Lance. Not I, I bad, do, sir. I do. I do this weird thing. I do crash learning. So when I was going to propose to my now wife, uh, I did crash learning on diamond rings and learned about diamonds for a couple of weeks while I picked. Hey my man, ring. I'm impressed. Uh, I, I, I think I got a carrot uh for caitlin it, it, it at least looked like a carrot um <laughs> <laughs> hey man that was that was very impressive well you know whew, nice uh okay so <laughs> back to it ray then according to right. you and adam sandler and uncut gems has a very <laughs> impressive looking ring that shows dave hey i'm serious about this actually okay but we don't we we're not seeing that you're doing everything that is against that so don't as they say blow me show me so he does right he takes off and he tries to join the 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 party but uh doesn't uh doesn't go too well as we already talked about so will jumps in takes the spot essentially and those four head off to the island and Ray is basically playing for the rest of the movie, the amazing race, just trying to get to to the island because he's been attacked and he survived. Um, So, yeah, it's it's definitely a choice. He I think you know what I think happened, Lance. What I think happened is that the filmmaker said Freddie Prince Jr. is going to have his mouth open and he's going to be out of breath already. We might as well be putting him in a situation where he's trying to play catch up and he's racing against time. Cause it'll feel very authentic. I'm just saying maybe, I don't know. Ah, uh, I see. I see. They adapted to the acting ability of Freddie Prince jr. At this time. Uh, the fun fact that you mentioned, uh, since we're here on it right now, <clears throat> uh, Freddie Prince jr. Has never seen this film because of the terrible reviews, uh, that came out about it very quickly. So, uh, he's, this is one of his films that he's never seen. It's a bummer, a bummer. dude. That's a, it, such it, a bummer. It, it is a bummer because, like, again, like you and I, we, we, we try our best, and I think we do pretty good uh, backing each other up and trying to put out some beautiful art that we feel good about and 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 love. And sometimes you just know that that wasn't a great experience, and. I do feel bad for Freddie Prince Jr. to have to say, you know what? I'm not going to watch that shit ever. Uh, I think you would enjoy listening to this podcast while watching it, though, because you'll hear uh, the wacky noise that I made for him in the car chase scene. (laughs) For all we know, you know what? 
actually, for all we know, that may have been like a very specific direction that they gave him for that car chasing. I don't even like think about that part. Like, mm. all right, go ahead. You're going to be running away from this truck and we need you to flail your arms all over the place. And, you know, you're an actor. You take direction, right? Maybe. I don't know. All I'm saying Could is, is like, I do agree. Huge bummer. Uh, I, I definitely feel for him in that regard. Right. All right. So we are set up. We are now headed to the Bahamas. Uh, we've got our group of four and Ray is on the chase, uh, chasing his dream of finding Julie uh, after being attacked and uh, seeing his friend die. So uh, we enter the Bahamas. We've got a whole new cast of characters. Uh, the Bahamas are looking a little empty, though, but the resort is ready for Julie and friends. And we meet. It's time, Danny. Oh, I knew it. An we uncredited meet. actor in this film named Jack Black. That is correct, friends. If Jack Black has then been added to the cast list on your IMDb or whatever, it has definitely been post this movie, way post this movie, because Jack Black is an uncredited cameo or guest star, as Lance just said. And holy shit, <laughs> this is a performance. I'll, I think that's, I think that's putting it as mildly as possible. I wrote in my notes <laughs> and I talked to a really good friend of mine who, and I'm going to be paraphrasing at this point, easily the most offensive and the best part of this movie is jack black the best part of this movie how dare you i can't the best can't part look. of this movie is how ridiculous jack black is is this what we're, we're, we're gonna go at it now dang it okay the best part of this movie is how unreal jack black is as this island what is he like a busser he's a, a maintenance worker for the resort i guess a liaison? Uh, I don't know. Uh, sure. Uh, concierge, perhaps, concierge. right? Um, sure. Right. For the resort, he's he's dressed in his uh, you know, nice little tiki Hawaiian shirt or 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 island shirt. It's tucked into some car some cargo shorts. Right off the bat, fan, and sporting dreadlocks. I am not joking. It is so ridiculous. At least, oh, thank God, at least he didn't come out and start saying anything in like a faux reggae Jamaican accent. That it's all it's it's there's hints of island talk, but for the most part, he's Jack Black and he's doing his thing, right? He he's a pothead. So like the first thing he is like, oh, he has he does this shit. To Julie and and crew, as they're getting off the the boat, or yeah, so the, the, boat. the universal the universal hand gesture of oh yes, thank smoke, you. Want to smoke yeah, the marijuana? Yeah, yeah. You guys need some some weed, some marijuana. Uh, so that that is his thing. Is he's like a pothead, and he's got dreads. And Danny straight up asked me to put dreads on for the promo of this episode, and I said no. By the way, I, audio listeners, we do these incredible promos you all should watch <laughs> on our YouTube and Facebook page. So go check those out. <laughs> Lance, 
Wow, sir. You know what? Yeah. You know what? Yes, I did. I did. And do you want to know why, folks? Because Jack Black's character is the most offensive and the best part about this movie. Best Would you like me to elaborate? Yes, please elaborate how Jack Black's offensive character is the best part of this movie. No, 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 no. His character is offensive, but it is so ridiculous. It's also funny. It's it's kind of like a weird catch-22. When I'm watching it originally, I obviously, because they made that choice as if like, this is a choice we can make. Let's put Jack Black in dreads, right? So when I'm watching it, I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. Do you know how many people I saw that were not supposed to be sporting dreads would get dreads in their hair it's kind of like that monica scene in friends where she has the dreads and stuff they're like no not a good look um but it's jack black so like some of the things that he's doing are just like you could not bridle that horse that he is a star he is unique he was gonna do his thing and there are some things that he does just like take like imagine he's not he does not have dreadlocks. Okay. Imagine that it's just normal hair that he would otherwise be sporting. There's just little things like when he think he scares somebody uh, inadvertently and he's like, I'm thinking you and me go party. It's just like, it's Jack black. He does this thing where he's walking away. The fisherman catches up to, which is basically, he's like a boat hand with uh, the guy that I'm talking about. Uh, and he's like, nah, man, I, I I do not want to take the boat to the mainland and party with you. I want to, you know, um, tie this up and then I'm going to bed. Okay. Jack Black's like, all right, you're missing out, brother. Takes off, right? The dude gets killed. Jack Black kind of hears a little bit of what's going on, turns around, looks back. There is nothing that he could see. And he just kind of like takes a drag of his uh, joint and just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so dumb. It's so stupid, but he does it. And I, it's just one of the little things that he does throughout. At one point, he like swims up to uh, uh, Carla and Tyrell, who are trying to get busy in the hot tub. And, you know, he's definitely invading under space and their privacy. And he's like, dude, get, you know, Tyrell gets pissed. And he's like, hey, man, it's good. And I mean, and he's just floating backwards in the pool. And I'm like, I've done that before. Oh, my God. Lance, we got to it. We got to the reason that I even that I that I like this character. He's me. Oh, no, Danny. You're not. No, he's not. Me. He's not. No, me. No, no. no, he's not. Me. not he's we're not doing pool. this. <laughs> what he is, is is still funny in moments. It's just like it's not the best look i'll put it that way yeah um it was never okay but there were a lot of these characters this was like i mean this is the late 90s so a lot of mtv era a lot of spring break era a lot of influence from hip-hop at this point um i want to say pretty fly for a white guy was coming out pretty soon uh a lot of that kind of influence was going around so at the time again might have been considered okay but there's a reason that jack black is uncredited in this and he is not just a cameo he has got a good chunk of screen time he's got quite a 
not a, not a lot of scenes, but he's got a few scenes in there. This isn't just a cameo. So the fact that he's uncredited, I'm curious what the story is. I couldn't find it. So I don't know. And he had been around. Uh, he had done Airborne. What's that? What's the name of the movie? Oh, yeah. Lance. Yeah. yeah. yeah I uh, my name is movie, Ag- but... Augie Augusta. And I like to sleep. And I like Nintendo. I like <laughs> Nintendo. Yes. Yes. Come on, yeah. Lance. Yeah, Airborne. Airborne. Is, is, uh, so he'd been around. That was like mid '90s. So he'd been around. He'd been doing movies and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. This is a weird one. Why this is uncredited, and if it was his choice or a studio's choice or what? Because there's a lot of Jack Black in this. Um, moving on, though, uh, we meet Nancy in the bar. Uh, that is uh, Jennifer Esposito's character, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. who was just handpicked. Apparently, they wrote this character for her um she's not necessarily a local but she's obviously living on the islands and she's the bartender there she's kind of got that edgy cool thing going on uh doesn't tell too yeah, much she- of her stories a little bit of mystery to her but you know another little sexy thing on the island to look at i guess good way to put it nice little sexy uh island local right um also, folks, you, y'all should know that these four are at this resort pretty much alone besides the hotel staff because it is the off season because hurricane season is about to start. So uh, they're a little like, huh, I guess this is weird, uh, inconvenient, I suppose. But whatever. Uh, fine. I mean, they're still taking their bookings. I know what that feels like. I did go. uh we did an Airbnb at Palm Springs during their off season. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, because we were at the cusp of summer and Palm Springs in the summer, I think is like, yeah, it's hell. Yeah. Cause we were burning. Um, so I guess this place also has an off season. And the way we learned this is from a very ominous, very creepy, a, horror movie royalty character or uh, actor jeffrey combs plays the hotel manager uh mr brooks and he right off the bat is annoyed that they're there is pissed off about having to work but is jeffrey combs right he's the reanimator he's doing his thing and it's a nice cool thing about just like cool you know just not just him, you know, you got, uh, uh, what just John Hawks and Mark Boone Jr. Just like random yeah. characters like, who are just like in everything in this movie, yeah. even yeah. red West who plays red in roadhouse. So just like all over the place. It's just kind of, I wouldn't say star studded, but it's like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you talk about creepy, and it's this scene of him checking them in, and he's got this weird like tooth thing that he's doing. It's, it's fourth. <laughs> well, that's it's what he, That's him. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like very pronounced because he's got no facial hair. He's very like clean shaven and clean cut in this. But it's Fourth of July weekend. It's off season. Off season. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> pretty good. Man. He's got some creep. So again, I think we're trying to sell you on a who done it because. Mm-hmm. You know, we killed the killer in the first one, we think, maybe-ish. So we haven't heard from him yet. We're pretty far in the movie now. We haven't heard from the original killer, but we did see 
the fishermen. So what what is going on exactly? Um, so again, we're meeting the island staff, um, mm-hmm. and slowly but surely they're going to start getting killed off, which is way more gory, way more blood than the first Heck film. One hundred percent. Some really cool gore too. Oh yeah. Uh the violence is turned up tremendously, like yeah. uh, up to eleven compared to the first film. Obviously, if you watch it and you're like, "Oh, I've seen worse," yeah, probably. But there are a lot of cool moments, kills, some graphic kills, especially when he kills that housekeeper out of nowhere. I also don't like uh, s- certain things that. Okay, do you know like when the character in the horror movie? finds a body because it ended up happening to be located in something that they were going to run into right someone's going to the restroom they you know they they i don't know go into the restroom they open the curtain because they're going to take a shower boom body right uh somebody is going to go to the kitchen open the fridge boom head right so these are things that like they would run into i had a problem because (laughs) there's a moment where they're trying to figure out stuff to do at the resort because it's raining and Brandy's like, I'm not going to let a little rain and a little bullshit ruin my time. So she tries to get Julie to let's go hit the gym. Let's go do some you know cool things, amenities that the resort has. One of the things that she uh, ends up doing uh, or has Julie do is get into the tanning booth. Right. Where the tanning bed, yeah. obviously terrifying. And we'll, I'm going to talk a little bit about it here in a little bit, but what I found kind of silly is be by and large, nothing really has happened to make them question anything about their surroundings. Obviously it's like, it's bad weather. Nobody's there. These are just coincidences at this time. Oh, and Julie's like screaming and saying that, they, you know, she's seen dead things, but nothing's confirmed. They're trying to just, yeah. <laughs> so, so little things have happened, but nothing confirmed. Okay. Brandy just like decides I'm going to go look around the hotel laundry room for nothing. I just like, you had no purpose in being there. You just kind of go into the hotel laundry room, open the big laundry vat. And there you see uh, the body of one of the house of the housekeeper. It's just like, uh, it didn't follow the line. So to speak of like you running into a dead body because it was in something that you were going to encounter normally. Right, right, right. It's just, yeah, there was no real flow to that. And I think that had a lot to do with the setting of like, well, we got these cool ideas we can kind of plug in here and there, but like we're stuck to this resort that we have to like, like, why would you be in the laundry room? You know, why? I don't know. There there was a lot of those moments. And again, I think the setting had so much to do with the, the, the faults of this movie. If you take that and Jack Black away from this, we might have a decent movie. <laughs> just saying hey Um, look i i am not honestly going to sit here and say you know jack black's character and i still know what you did last summer is the hill i'm gonna die on no it's ridiculous yes please remove it but jack black rocks is that fair sure okay when when he's locked in he's like he's like a a will uh colin farrell uh, where it's like sometimes you can see oh. them really locked into a role and they're great, and then other times you can tell like eh, I'm just gonna take the paycheck on this one and I'll be yeah. on screen, I guess. Yeah, he's one yeah. of those to me. Uh, <laughs> can I can I also talk about one more horror movie trope that really does really bug me? This is just me personally as a 
I guess cling freak. All right. Okay. Showers. Showers happen in horror movies all the time, and they're steamy showers. Hey, now. All right, let's get going, right? Okay. Every time there's a steamy shower scene, they got to do the shot where the mirror is fogged up and the character, the main character, whoever is taking the shower, goes to the mirror and wipes it down with their hand. <laughs> That's going to leave streaks on your mirror. What are you doing? Oh, my God. And they just <laughs> just wipe down as if like no care in the world. Okay. When that dries and you come back to the mirror and all these lines are on it, who's to blame? Huh? I just, I cannot stay. It's just like, gives, it gives my, it drives me up the wall. I'm like, just get a towel and wipe it down or open the door. No, you got to wipe it. Bare hand wipe it. I know it's for the image of it, but it drives me up the wall. Streaks. I'm just reminded of our uh, holiday episode where we talked about mm -hmm. cleaning the house for in-laws and our parents as well. So I'm flashing back, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a big flashback episode, I think, for us. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, that also... Uh, go ahead. That reminds me of uh, uh, Carla's character doing the... <clears throat> she throws her sneakers in the dryer. I remember that being a big thing. Is like you'd wash your shoes back in the day and the sneakers would pop out. I don't know if you ever had that. Oh, yeah. Those yeah, I got in never, trouble for the same thing. Okay. Yeah, the bang bang like it, it destroyed the dryer every single time and the fact that they yeah. popped out in this movie I was like I never got the pop out. I never got that. No, I mean, destroyed like, the so shoes maybe, too. I guess that's what they do. yes, because you're like, "Oh, let me wash my shoes, throw them in the dryer, buy shoes," right? Like the yeah. and and you did you you hurt the dryer. Um hurt however, dryer. fun fact if ever you guys ever want to know about anything um if ever you are washing your pillows, a, a way to dry them and so that they don't dry lumpy, stick a tennis ball in there. And knowing is half the battle. What? Are we really giving advice right now on how to dry pillows? I still know what you did last summer, Danny. You did the laundry. I did it. And you know what? If you get expensive pillows, Lance, it's very important that you do, do take care of them because you'll never know. But here comes tie-in. You never know when that pillow will be needed to suffocate. Back to horror. We're here. Okay. <laughs> Caitlin, watch out. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so uh, another character we got to talk about really quick, though, is uh, Bill Cobb's character. Um Estes, right? Yeah. Estes, Estes yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, he kind of another intriguing character, kind of another one that we're supposed to kind of look at, but from the stars, like he can't be my killer. Like I like him way too much. Um, but he kind of introduces a a Haitian voodoo into the film. He, you know, steals Julie's uh toothbrush and it, it's not totally explained. It, it kind of says like, oh, it's to protect you. And like they discover his his shrines in his room and they they're immediately pointing at him. What Danny, you give me the, the look. You're giving me your G Jennifer Love Hewitt right now. What is it? Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the concept of I sorry, excuse me. I always love the concept 
of any sort of voodoo witchcraft incorporation as long as it's rooted in truth and as long as it's not farcical i i i love it i am a huge like um it, it's very interesting to me right what i think this movie did that's that kind of it kind of made it cheap right it's just like Oh yes, uh, to protect you. Just, exactly. I'm just confirming your point. Honestly, he just is introducing the creepy or the unknown vibe of the voodoo and sort of witchcraft sort of uh, idea, just to sow doubt into the movie goer or sorry, the movie watcher and or the re in in turn the rest of the group. And I'm like, it just it just kind of felt uh, shoot in shoot like kind of just. Yeah, it's a lazy, it's another, lazy. It, yeah, it's another plug in. It's broad strokes. And that's why I kind of said Haitian. There's like a very like it's a different vibe than voodoo, but it's still they call it voodoo. Um, some of the shrines are have a lot of voodoo to it. Um, but it's, again, a very broad stroke. So that you because you are lazy and you're not doing the full research, you didn't have anybody on set probably that really knows their their voodoo. Uh, you didn't have like a priestess out there. So um, it is a very broad strokes thing. It is a cool idea to kind of introduce, but if you're not going full board, like you don't probably necessarily need to do it, but it does add some intrigue to his character. Uh, he's a cool actor. I would love to have seen more of him than black, uh, black Jack, Jack black. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you what the best line that, uh, Bill Cobbs, uh, it, uh, delivers is the key line, the big line. Brasilia. That's so good. I love that line so much. It's so ridiculous. Why, folks? Because we are now here in the moment in the film where everybody is now let in on the big secret and or if you knew geography, you were fine from the beginning. But for those of us pointing at myself that when I watched this movie, it was like, yeah, that sounds fine. He is... The mysterious character throughout the film, he's, he's kind of just in the shadows for the most part, learns from Brandy, who's kind of touting that, yeah, we got it right. Rio, baby, is the right answer. He doesn't right. even miss a beat. He just yes ands her, one of the best improv <laughs> performances in the world. He just yes ands. He's like, ah, very nice, very nice. Mm. He knows. He knows that there, yeah. it's, it's bullshit. So maybe that's why he's like okay these kids are in trouble let me before i know what's going on let me start to protect them so maybe so that's his idea and then later stuff's happening people are dead okay uh hotel manager's dead housekeeper's dead people are dead and they're starting to figure it out and of course of course before this moment before we get this huge Jennifer Love Hewitt is just looking at a globe that is random and in the lobby and she sees <laughs> oh, no. that she's like, oh, yeah, Brasilia. And that is actually the capital of Brazil. And there he is. Estes right behind her and goes, Brasilia. Yes, I knew all along. Before all that, I do have to mention that the movie itself tries to say, all right, look, we're going to try and make a sequel here. Right? 
And we're going to take it out of the fish town and we're going to get to Islands of Paradise. But there's just some non-negotiables. And one of those is we got to get a reprise of the what are you waiting for, huh? Scene from the original. So they basically get Jennifer Love Hewitt drenched, soaked. They're trying to get on a boat and that doesn't work out. She's already having she's having these moments where it's like a close up and she's like, he's going to kill us one by one. And then when the Brasilia thing happens, now it's moving on. It's like, I'm going to show you everything that I know about all the dirty secrets. That's Esty saying. And then again, here it is. Right. Sex sells. They put Jennifer Love Hewitt in this white shirt button down and just one button just right here in in her chest area and dr pour the rain pour the rain hurricane season right she's drenched you could see through everything and then she turns around and she's about to give the line you think it's going to be what are you waiting for huh she turns around she's like oh i'm right here and it, but it's still the same thing her her arms are open and she kind of does it like a she does it like a little jiggle uh and and and, and and then it happens, and we're back to it. Okay, bets are off. They all know that they're being stalked by a killer. It's time to get busy and start to defend themselves. So we're off to the races, so to speak. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of cool kills. We, get, we have the fishermen now hunting them down. Um, and I just got to get to it now. Uh who were we talking about in the beginning? We put a little pin in this. Will, we haven't talked much about him. Uh, I did not like his character. He's extremely weak this entire time. Uh, I was like, maybe he's not a good actor. Maybe it was a choice up to this point. Um, turns out Will's last name is Benson. Will Benson. 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 Will Benson. Benson. Will. Will. Ben. ben Son. Son. Will is Ben's son. son. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What are we oh, doing? <laughs> Lance, he has a reveal to Julie and says, guess what? It's Will. Ben's son and looks at her and delivers that line as if she is the dumbest person to have not put that together. That's what's no, it's not something I'm just <laughs> supposed to be putting together. Uh, no. I, and the fact that his name is will on top of it is just the, the cherry on top because the original killer's name was Ben Willis. Mm, will. Benson, Benson. Oh my God. So, um, in this reveal scene, I was watching this this last time. You know, again, I had the VHS. I watched this a couple of times and I thought I would not like this movie as much as I did. Um, still like it. But in his reveal scene, the whole movie, I'm like, he's such a weak character. I don't care for him. Don't like him. He's not a good guy. Like to me, I'm like, what? Well, he's just weak. When he does the turn and tells Julie this whole will benson ben son thing and like spits in her face basically with it uh i was like is he the archetype for roman for scream 3 like did was that was he the one thing that scream took back from i know what you did last summer the franchise 
because just hey, like Lance. the way he looks and his turn, he just reminded me so much of Roman, but Roman came much later. Hey, Lance, can I? Uh, this might be this might be better for a scream revisit. So how about this as long term storytelling for Slasher's Paradise? I have Please. a huge thing. I, I have a huge thing I want to talk to you about in uh, as regards to Scream 3. So we are going to put a pin in it. And let's just hope that we remember to get back to that because it will completely okay. derail us. Um, there you go, folks. Catch catch <laughs> okay. us down the road. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, hopefully uh, this October we'll get back into Scream. But uh, so we but got we've got yeah we've got the reveal. It's it's Will. Will's the killer. It's it? Ben's son. But right. I've definitely seen the fisherman in the same scene with will so oh could it be is could it have... <laughs> could we have two killers is it, it... multiple killers <laughs> <laughs> well there's no way lance that ben willis is back there's no way at all because he got killed in the first one never found oh, contra oh contraire mon frere not only is will Ben's son, Ben Willis, is back. And he's the killer. And he's still doing his very weirdly placed southern drawl killer who fishes in on the East Coast. Easy, child. Let's just hush now. We're going to like, make sure everybody yeah. knows that this is a yeah. deeper story. And I had a whole family in the Bahamas. And I had two kids. And one of them died. And the other one's alive. Yet again, the story unravels. You're like, wait, what? Was I had this, this a simple horror film this whole time, and now this crazy backstory you got to throw at me all at once? Huh? Unreal. It's like yeah. in two minutes, in two minutes, we get like 10 years worth of <laughs> storytelling. I guess it's just, oh, and, and by the way, <laughs> just so you know, I had a whole family <laughs> over here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like we weren't we weren't that interested in Ben in the first one. I don't really understand why this huge backstory is supposed to be this like oh moment. You know what I mean? It's like was there a book that we're supposed to read in between the two films? You know, like the uh, the origin. I don't know. Like it just all of a sudden. There, and this kind of leads to there's a scene. They're like in a graveyard, and Julie like they're like going up to these gravestones, right? And um, Julie sees like the gravestones. She says, "What's the date?" And then you like go into the, the gravestones and it doesn't even say a date on it. It's just graffitied on, uh, it's like Julie's whatever. And it's like going to be her gravestone or whatever that they like spray. He spray painted on it. It was like the most ridiculous thing because it was like, obviously you inserted a shot and <laughs> never told the editor and the uh, the cinema photographer what it was supposed to look like, or the props team was like off that day or something happened. Because there's no date on the tombstone that she's referencing. It's such a weird, a weird, like, puzzle that they tried to put together at the end. I think they were like, that's ah, all right. I have 75% of it. Here's my puzzle. It's done. No, you actually need to finish it. You need to finish the puzzle so that we can look at the picture. But, you know, they were like, hey, we got Jennifer Love Hewitt. We got her in a white T-shirt. We got uh, Freddie Prince Jr. back. And Brandy's here. She's rocking it. Mackay Pfeiffer's here who's rocking it. And let's just keep going, right? But it, for 
for all the things that it does well, like there are some pretty good chase scenes. There are some pretty good kills. Uh, there's a pretty good suspense. Uh, there's a scene where Brandy is trying to tread on top. Of... <laughs> it ends up being kind of more funny to me anyway. But then at the end, Brandy's being chased and she's just like finds herself on a greenhouse. And it's just like, it's OK. I think I could get away from the killer by just walking on this glass pane. And then it just like, you know, she falls through because like yeah. that's what happens. Right. But the whole time I. The whole time before the Will Ben son, I'm waiting for Nancy to turn around and be like, actually, to tell you the truth, I was the mistress or something. I was just like, I think they intended to kind of sow that sort of I'm not sure who and what she's going to be uh, because the whole time she's writing away, I'm like, ah, she's going to have a turn. She's going to have a turn. And then she doesn't have a turn. And I'm like, oh, a red herring the whole time. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, again, she was just supposed to be a part of the movie. So I was like, I don't know. We'll craft something around her. Um, she was supposed to be a survivor in this. Uh, actually, Carla was supposed to get the hook in the gut. That whole scene, they actually shot that scene, I believe. And uh, instead, it turned into Nancy. And Nancy uh, finds her demise, I guess. But um, she was supposed to be the survivor with Julie. That would have been so random. Because that Nancy completely random. Has- Nancy has no background, like nothing to add to the story, really. Nothing. She um, doesn't know anything about because uh, apparently Ben Willis and his whole family live there and, and like were there. Sure. She doesn't know anything about it. The only person that really knew about it was Estes. And like, you know, he ends up dying, of course, too. Um, I will say that Tyrell, uh, played by Mackay Pfeiffer, gets killed pretty gnarly. You know, he gets uh, fish hooked right uh, to the either back of the head or front of the mouth, wherever it's. Through the throat, Danny. Through the throat. Yeah, yes. That's right. I remember now. Remember what I said when we did the original? That's one of the, like, it always just kind of, like, gives me the heebie-jeebies when I think of, like, anything going around here in the neck area. Just leave. First of all, leave me alone. And (laughs) second of all, it's just, it hurts. It it hurts so much to see that. Uh, But, yeah, uh, Tyrell gets it bad, uh. That scene I have a major issue with. I have to mention it because um, they're in the kitchen. They're running away from the killer, right? And Tyrell kind of gives the, uh, I'm horny. I haven't seen one fucking psycho killer or whatever. And then he gets it through the throat. The fisherman comes out apparently of the cooking hood, which (laughs) no human can fit in. And I guess he was just hiding up there the whole time, waiting for them to conveniently go into the kitchen. He just, and you don't see him come out of it. He's just like the hook just comes. And then the next shot is him just standing on top of the stove. And he's like picking Tyrell up. I had such an issue watching that this time around. I was like, where did he come from? Like, how did y'all not like, he was just standing on the stove the whole time. You just didn't see the slicker or what? What's going on? I don't understand. At least Lance the Slicker's back. Um, I think this is the first time we actually reference the Slicker. I mean, like, it's not, you know, we did the original and we talked about the image. And I don't think I talked about it as much as I really wanted to. I will say this movie will always have a place in slasher genre history because it at least gave us an iconic looking killer. The Slicker's back and it still looks cool. It's still cool, you know, at least. Yeah. I could say that. Yeah. Yeah. And we get more of it. And even Ben at the end is still wearing it. Because remember what we said about the first film? He just kind of like sheds it and then he's just like fisherman in denim. You're like, 
that's not really scary. At least in this one, like he just pulls the hood off and he's still wearing the slicker. And that was a lot cooler. Um, by the way, this entire movie, Ray is still on the chase. He finally <laughs> makes it to the island. And like, okay, so watching this as a kid, I thought Ray must, I must have thought that Ray was just like this heroic dude, just trying to get there, trying to get to his girl, save the day. He knows what's going on. And then when he finally shows up, he's got it. Uh, he's got the gun that he pawned the one carat ring for. And Which apparently, uh, just so everybody knows, one carat is actually very impressive as far as diamond rings go. Apparently um, not, because he only got $300 for it. Um, thanks, Bobby <laughs> from Sons of Anarchy. But uh, Let's go, lads! <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, uh, but, so he he's like pointing the gun at, at Ben. There's a big, like, uh, well, what is it called? Uh, the three showdown? showdown. Ah, the Mexican uh, standoff. Mexican standoff, right? So uh, I can say that you can't. I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, that's if so Tarantino good. can say it, I can say it. Okay. Um, no, Mexican standoff, you could say absolutely. But he's pointing the gun at Ben, and Ben says, You won't pull it, boy. And he, <laughs> he's supposed to be this heroic character that has been chasing, trying to get to the island for days or whatever pulls the trigger after all of this and the gun does not go off are you fucking kidding (laughs) it was the most what is the point of your character i've ever seen (laughs) absolutely and let me just say you know i i think that's just commentary on guys who think they're just a little bit better than they are it's all a bunch of buildup, and then when it comes down to performance issues you know it happens man you couldn't really pull the trigger um but i want to make a petition uh if you'll have it uh it only needs one signature and it's yours and any time going forward that we uh need to do an impression of ben willis i need it to be you Thank you so much. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, so go ahead and just sign it. that. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, got it. <laughs> I w- You're right, dude. It is so stupid. It is also so hilarious that Ray spends the entire movie doing the amazing race gets there and just gets essentially bitch slapped and just like, shut up. <laughs> it's just like so funny. Um, as p- speaking of funny, sort of moments that i don't know if they were intentionally trying to be funny obviously there's a there's a showdown and it comes down to are the heroes or the you know is the villain gonna win with now you have the fisherman plus ben's son so two against two or three really but in that scene it's down to julie ray ben's son and i'm gonna keep doing that and ben willis and julie and ray get out of it you know they're the heroes they triumph did you see the way ben willis landed in the mud is oh. too funny okay I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. Take, yeah the way he dies i can't handle it man he also looks at when ray shows up he looks at him like ah we meet again you know it's like a, it, it, it's <laughs> yeah, so it's, weird it was and, so bizarre that whole yeah. ending because also the way that ben dies is that julie shoots him six times why did the gun not work for ray <laughs> like ray got it loaded he traveled all the way there how did it not go off for him but then she's just like bang 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 yes bang. So- and i counted the bullets after ray's gun did not go off i'm like why is it going off now anyway six bullets yeah 
I mean, it, it's a you know it's a revolver you know i mean those are the like the safest ones that like don't jam up because they're they're practical right like they're not a lot of bells and whistles it's just a revolver um but yeah i can't i i love stuff like that when people just kind of uh, how about this the water boy when he's talking to henry winkler he's talking to the coach meaning the water boy's talking to him he's like coach why are you afraid of red he's like i just to, to tell you the truth bobby i fled i came onto my office i sat under my desk i cried i cried i cried like a 10 year old girl and he gets a ball and he throws it and it goes out the window and it hurts colonel and it hits colonel sanders in the head and he goes and he just falls i <laughs> it's moments like that that just will always stay with me so the way ben just kind of <laughs> he just kind of kerplunks into the the gotcha. grave in the mud i can't yeah. take it it's just so funny that's all yeah okay i got you yeah a lot of adam <laughs> sandler references in this one too so uh right oh what's, what's going wrong with on me here this is a bizarre episode oh. we've had a lot of weird references in this one a lot of flashbacks a lot of weird to old episodes uh yeah a couple yeah impressions by the way um feel free to drink every time there's impressions done on the show uh add to the the total um <laughs> hell yeah uh danny you got anything else to go i mean i will say one last thing i don't want you to be hard on young lance who liked this movie right and you're not you're not you're you you do not hate this movie i know you have already said that you don't hate this movie but i do want to say um there's still some 90s alternative rock that they sprinkle through here and there you know i mean it's it's rock for the time because it's coming out in the 90s but yeah. i do want to say like they try to get kind of like you know the the feel the moodiness of the original and i was like oh lance really liked this that's that's cool <laughs> honestly no honestly i i did like the first one and I, watching it now as an adult i was like i'll give myself credit like i i, I think i gave it three hooks because of nostalgia this one i remember as a kid being like eh, it's not as good i don't like it i don't like the bahamas scene i don't and that's what i'm getting right now anyway and my last point of this is i didn't like this like you could have gone to sleepy Fishtown again and done this movie and it would have been 10 times better and i would have really enjoyed it and you probably could have sparked a bigger franchise out of it honestly um because small towns reside we've talked about small towns how many times on slasher's paradise it holds a place in our hearts we can relate to it we can be afraid of it we understand the darkness of small towns um so taking the taking it to the bahamas it was like jumping the shark it was like we talked about during the friday the 13th franchise like why are we going to Manhattan, man? Just give us a good Friday the 13th movie. You know, like, why are we changing all these things and going so big when the formula didn't have to be changed? You know, so uh, that's kind of how I felt about it. Watching it this time around, I was like, man, this movie, it had some stuff. It had something. It had something there, but it plugged in some weird stuff. The setting was bizarre. Uh, so it knocked it down quite a few pegs, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that that's all fair to say. I mean, I think sometimes we could be a little too, um, like just harsh on, on our younger selves, like who enjoyed certain things for, especially what they were like, Hey, we were 
coming of age. This was a time in our lives where we're watching movies like this that are, you know, they're playing on a lot of our different emotions. And but even then, I do agree with you that at the time I was like, ah, okay, that's fine. I probably won't come back to this one or I won't. It's not the hill I'm going to die on, uh, especially not for this one. Were there way better sequels? Absolutely. What I will say, though, is you're right. Um, There's such a beauty and I, and I hope it's not us looking through those rose tinted glasses for us looking back and being like, do we appreciate the vibes of something that wasn't given to us because it is different than what we ended up seeing? And we didn't like that. I guess what I'm saying is like, maybe at the time everyone was gung ho about Manhattan. Maybe at the time it was like, yeah, this might be cool to take them out of their natural setting because everyone's like, yeah, cause we've already seen the other thing. And then looking back, we can say, well, the formula worked. So why did you mess with it? And are we only saying that because we can now look at it through the lens that we're looking at now? All that to say, I think we grew up in an amazing era. We are, uh, I always say, children of the golden age of video store rentals and, and movies. I, I, lo- I, I love it so much. And I do think, as you said, there is a... Re- a relatability to small towns that a lot of people more so than not who grew up watching a lot of these films and watching them in, in duplicate and triplicate can relate to. So you had a formula, like you said, that worked beautifully in the original double down, triple down on it. And at least, you know what you have. Haddonfield did it. Camp Crystal Lake did it. And, and the, the list goes on, right? So yeah, you had an opportunity to introduce and instill an iconic slasher that is unique, that is going to be of that setting. And you biffed, you left. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Very well put. Uh, Danny, how many hooks do you give? I still know what you did last summer. I still know that I did not enjoy this movie back then, and I still do not enjoy it as much today. So I still know what you did last summer for me. It gets a very generous one hook. All right. Uh, yeah, I like I said, there are elements. There was something there. I will give it a generous two hooks. Uh, again, another nostalgia, nostalgia bites. Uh, one is just the bottom line. I don't want to give anything zeros ever again. Like one's got to be bottom line. Uh, just you know. So okay. Okay. That's my rating yeah. system. So. Um, I personally will go to a zero again, given if we ever cover some uh, dog doo doo uh, movies in the future, uh, mm-hmm. just because it's fun to shit on movies that are really bad. Uh, but I I like that, Lance. I do like that that you uh, you know that we're all we're still fans of these at the end of the day. Yeah. We still love them. They still are. They, they set us down this beautiful path that we're on and they impressioned on us enough that you could even find some love and appreciation for the duds. Right. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, that's our episode for, I still know what you did last summer. Uh, please check out our YouTube channel. We've got tons of fun stuff on there. If you've never seen it before, you're in for a great surprise. Uh, there's more fun stuff on our Facebook page, Dead Candy Fix. So go to facebook.com slash Dead Candy Fix or the YouTube page, Dead Candy, or our website. You can find literally everything there, deadcandy.com, D-E-D-C-A-N-D-Y. <laughs> 
All right. So that's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your doors, bolt your windows. And it's good. And I mean, it is all good. And join us next time in our Slasher's Paradise. Ben's son. Ben's son. Hey, did you see anything you like? Thanks for watching Slasher's Paradise tonight. Please hit the like and subscribe button and turn on all of your notifications so you know the next time we post a video or go live. And if you'd like an audio-only version of the show, search for us on wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We're on all the platforms. We just ask that you leave a rate and review of five stars. And if you don't know what to write in the review section, put a recommendation of a horror movie you would love for Lance and I to talk about. Yes, and if you'd like to get the full experience of Slasher's Paradise, including videos and audio all together, go to deadcandy.com, that's D-E-D-C-A-N-D-Y, or go to youtube.com slash deadcandy. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise! Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that. Blended Canadian. Ah. <sighs>